0: What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly edition of ESG Now, where we cover how the environment, our society, and corporate governance affects and are affected by our economy. I'm your host, Mike DiCibato, and this week we are going to talk about the companies that build HVAC systems, the ventilation systems that help filter out viral particles in our buildings and infrastructure. And then we get an update on how green and social bonds have been used by companies during the pandemic. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Stay tuned. Almost a year into the pandemic, and there's still a debate raging in the medical community about how COVID-19 is transmitted. Most all agree it's about the viral load you get, but not everyone agrees on how you actually get that viral load. Since the beginning of the pandemic, the World Health Organization has considered the primary mode of COVID-19 transmission to be respiratory droplets. These are large droplets that float to the ground after about three to six feet. But a lot of scientists are now saying that the virus can be transmitted from our mouths via these tinier droplets that remain suspended in the air, float around, are pushed by air currents and can accumulate in enclosed spaces. A characteristic of something that's been called aerosols. The concept has gotten enough traction that the WHO published a scientific brief on July 9th that said this might be true, there might be aerosoled COVID-19 viral particles, but we still think its primary transmission is through close contact, larger droplets, and the situation really needs further studies. The CDC seems to not be taking any chances, though, and has recommended hosting gatherings outdoors and not being indoors while still keeping to their official line on larger droplets as being the main source of transmission if the virus is transmitted via small aerosol particles there are ways we can actually dilute them in the air. For example, exchanging air in the room with air from outside will lower a viral dose that someone can get, or we can actually remove those viral particles from the air using filters, the latter of which is typically done in buildings and airplanes and subways using something called an HVAC filter that is connected to your building's air pumps, for example. There are also personal HEPA filters that are made by these companies that build the HVAC systems, which also trap viral particles such as those causing COVID-19. But today we're actually going to focus on the companies that build these HVAC systems. And the companies that make them, some of which are under our coverage, are wasting no time in pointing out their filters' importance for societal health. Or so says my colleague Morgan Ellis that covers the building materials industry for us.
1: These companies are actually marketing themselves as providing filtration that can help limit the spread of virus particles in the air. So I think that they're, they're specifically saying our HVAC has can be fitted with extra filtration um, and extra filtration membranes to limit the... Flow of virus particles in the air.
0: Consider Carrier, which is this company we rate highly on their ESG metrics, and that provides, among other things, ventilation to hospitals and communities globally. They have on their website this quote from the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers. Quote, ventilation and filtration provided by heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems can reduce the airborne concentration of SARS-CoV-2, aka COVID-19, and thus... risk of transmission through the air sidebar i didn't realize there was an actual society of heating refrigeration, and air conditioning engineers that is news to me but still what is important here is that there are similar statements on other companies websites that make HVAC ventilators these companies are starting to actively position themselves as having products that can reduce the risk of COVID-19 which is a change to what they were usually promoting their ventilation systems as being for previously. As Morgan told me, what these building product companies were doing was they were marketing heavily on their clean tech, their ability to turn an average old building that is pollutive into what is called a green building.
1: So within the industry, companies like um, Dakin and Carrier, Lennox and Train also um, have really good focus on energy efficiency and have realized for a long time that just building a functional HVAC system isn't going to be good enough. They've got to be able to have um, energy efficient pumps, energy efficient energy efficient controls to be able to reduce reduce the energy demand and be more attractive to engineers and designers who are designing and building these um, the the next level of green green buildings.
0: And so now we're witnessing this really interesting phenomenon in the buildings product industry after they've realized they can market themselves as being one of the solutions to COVID. You're seeing that these companies that were really aggressive on their clean tech development already start, are also starting to position themselves as being very good for buildings combating COVID-19. It's kind of this interesting combination of clean tech and what I will call disease-free tech. It's like the combination of the E and the S of ESG. But in doing so, the industry has opened itself up to this kind of healthcare-type product where they're saying it's actually helpful in preventing a viral particle from getting into your body. And the risk there is that these kind of ventilator systems, these companies, the industry in general may lack the kind of rigorous regulatory body investors might prefer, given the kind of claims that we're beginning to see these companies make for their HVAC products, which particularly in the US could raise concerns regarding legal liability. The the building
1: code's Um, are notoriously slow and there's a high level of inertia there where it's hard to change direction for them. But I would hope that the health and safety protocols and health and safety standards that companies adhere to um, in their design processes um, and even for building operators where they would have to upgrade their their property, the properties that they manage or, or operate, those guidelines would start to include factors to allow for this increased filtration
0: there is one record on the book right now that the secret society i was talking about earlier the american society of heating refrigeration and air conditioning engineers they have this standard called standard 180 that is used to inspect and maintain a building's hvac system and it was updated in 2018 long before the covid 19 pandemic and what it says is it's used to preserve a system's ability to achieve acceptable thermal comfort Energy efficiency and indoor air quality in commercial buildings. It doesn't really say much about ensuring that viral particles are not getting into the bodies of tenants using the HVAC products.
1: You're not putting something inside people, the products of this industry. So the safety, product safety would be the same as any other materials based um, industry. So they're not, you know, you can't. I know in America asbestos isn't outlawed like it is in many other places in the world but say for example you, you know the in- insulation companies have to use glass wool or mineral fiber rather than asbestos in their their wall insulation and they would have to adhere to quality and environmental standards with regards to adhesives and metal sheeting and and things like that the components to their their systems like pumps and and filters and things
0: like that yeah okay that's a good point i mean you're not putting these ventilators in your body as you would a pill or you're not giving these ventilators to people that are healthy in hopes that they will actually be cured of COVID if they come across it it's just you're lessening the risk you might not need the same kind of regulatory body as you would for a pharmaceutical company but it's still begs the question of what kind of regulatory body do you need when you start making these claims? And while there have been suspect products that have come on the market as of late, such as faulty N95 masks and hand sanitizers, industrial-made HVAC systems are pretty expensive. So it's likely customers would not try to go with an unknown brand and stick to a well-known filtration company. And what these building managers are really going to use this HVAC system for is a way to promote their building as being both greener and safer for tenants to come back to. And so they're going to use the existence of an HVAC system to promote their building in the same way they used to promote themselves as a green building.
1: Maybe it could even be start to be a point of difference where these building managers could have those same procedures and protocols and advertise that as a as a selling point They have an increased level of filtration in their HVAC systems to limit the spread or, you know, to limit the impact of spreading um, recycled air.
0: It's the disease twist on the idea that green buildings can attract more tenants because they're A, more environmentally friendly and B, more hospitable for their tenants. And it might be something real estate investors look for in their building assets for years to come. It used to be that green bonds bonds whose proceeds were used for some sort of environmentally beneficial product were the main esg bond out there but now during covid we have seen the rise of social bonds they've been around for a while but they're getting much more prominent they have the same premise as green bonds except These bonds use their proceeds as a way to benefit society as a whole. And while green bonds are typically issued by government agencies, social bonds have been predominantly issued by corporates because with a social bond, you can use the proceeds for a wide range of products as long as those products quote benefit society in some way. Take Alphabet, Google's parent company. It just sold one of the largest ESG bonds on record at low yields aka borrowing costs, and said it would use the proceeds for both environmental and social projects. My colleague Meghna Mehta, who joins me today, thinks that the issuance of social bonds may now overtake the issuance of green bonds, especially as COVID has been raging. Here's Meghna.
2: 2020 um, has seen the largest growth of social bond and sustainability bonds ever, and it's seen the largest issuance of them as well. And particularly in the aftermath of COVID, uh, there's going to be requirement for a lot of social funding. So we've seen a lot of banks issue bonds for, you know, they, they're raising debt to fund SMEs. Uh, they're raising debt for healthcare. Uh, you know, and these are the two critical um projects that these social bonds are funding. um, Like affordable housing is another category that's also, you know, looked at in the aftermath of COVID. Uh, job creation. So some of the supranationals are looking at, you know, uh, raising debt for job
0: creation yeah that's interesting just just for everyone listening SMEs are small and medium-sized enterprises but Meghna is there a concern there might be some backlash at the broad labeling of a bond as being a social project when companies correctly say that you know I'm helping a company grow with my bond proceeds and so this is a social project because it's providing jobs and they can kind of say semi-vague things like that so have you seen any backlash against social bonds
2: um, we haven't seen any backlash as of now. Um, I think uh that's because given the you know the the unemployment rates across the world, um, people are really supporting this. Um, you know, governments want people to get employed, they want the economy to grow and uh so I don't really see too much of a backlash. I think where a requirement will arise in the near future is to check Um, you know, as a corollary to greenwashing, social washing, you know, are these entities really placing money where they claim they are going to with the bonds um, at issuance? Or is it that, you know, one year down the line, we see that while at issuance they claim something, they may not really have funded that or they may have funded, um, you know, some dubious um, entities and things like that. So I think that's really the bigger concern.
0: And that's it for the week. I wanted to thank Morgan and Megna for joining me to discuss this week's news with an ESG twist. And I wanted to thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Keep fighting for whatever you're fighting for out there. And I will talk to you next week.